0: Today on Locked On Red Wings, is Ben Chirrut and Moritz Sider the worst defensive pairing on the team? And should they be broken up? Also, previewing the game against the Tampa Bay Lightning. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I am a podcast producer of the Daily J, a WWJ News Radio Podcast. Well, Scotty is a freelance journalist for the Detroit News and a and the host of Lockdown Tigers. And today, obviously we have a game preview for you guys as the Tampa Bay Lightning are facing off against the Detroit Red Wings down at Amalie Arena in Tampa tonight by the time you're listening to this. Um, but before we get to that, this is something Scotty and I have been wanting to talk about for a while. And many of you have wanted us to talk about, as I've seen it in the comments, a bunch, um, the, the Ben Sherat and Moritz cider pairing, and we've touched on it here and there, but we've never had a full discussion about that Paris effectiveness. Now, this is something that we were afraid of off rip when they signed Ben Sherat, is you sign him to a four year deal $4 million and we weren't completely sold on him as a top air defenseman. We knew he could play the minutes and we know, knew his body could take it, but skill wise, we weren't sure if he could handle that workload with Moritz Cider. And you know, what's funny is I'm finding that those weren't, those worries were a little bit unfounded. And when I say that, I mean, it's not his, it's not him himself that's the problem. What he's brought to the table has been fine. The problem is, is the chemistry that he and Sider have. And we said this when they signed Shirat. is he himself is an upgrade as a defensive partner for Moritz Sider. But the problem thus far has not been Shirat, but is pairing with the Moritz Sider, in my opinion. I, I They're not horrible, but when you look at the different pairings that the Red Wings have, there's been four pairings at even strength that have played over 50 minutes together, and they are the second-to-worst pairing at expected goals 4 percentage, at core c 4 percentage. All the possession metrics show that they are the least effective at producing offensive shooting attempts and preventing defensive shooting attempts.
1: So early on in this season, we brought up the fact that I think for like the first two weeks maybe, that Sharat looked better than I think we initially expected. Yes, and he was on better heater. Right, and I, I still think that he got off to that that good start. I think that was pretty pretty objectively true. He looked pretty solid. I do agree with you that a majority of the, I don't know, issue might be a little too tough, but like, the the majority of the of the struggles that that pairing has had is due to that it, it is due to the pairings chemistry together and cider we we've talked about before already this season has gotten off to not, not a slow start like he's not bad he's certainly he's still more at cider but i think a lot of people were kind of expecting him to take what he did in his rookie year and take another big step forward and kind of just take off into the stratosphere of production for, for a defenseman. And we're not quite seeing that. We're, we're not even really quite seeing the production that he was at his peak of last season. So I think that there is a lot that still can change with this pairing. Like, I, I still think that there's a chance that it works out. But um, with how... Honestly, amazing the second pairing has been. <laughs> uh that that's been a uh, uh, one of the best defensive pairings in the entire game of hockey, which is awesome, but it it's uh it's very I don't know, is like weird just the right word? Can you say saying weird? It's just I, I'll, weird.
0: I'll tell you what I think the issue is. So if I ask you Scotty why does Phil Peronic and Oli Mato work so well? What would you say?
1: You have one defensive defenseman and one
0: offensive defenseman. Yeah, they feel fulfill- peanut butter and jelly. Yes. baby. they cover each other's weaknesses. Yeah. We're with Moritz Sider and Ben Charron, they play a similar style of hockey, a physical style in the defensive zone and in the offensive zone looking to create chances. On paper, it's like, oh, cool, I got two guys who are the same caliber that are going to do the same thing. But when you get that on the ice, they they struggle to find that chemistry of who's going to stay back, who's going to skate up, who's going to play physical, and it ends in miscommunication where they end up with at even strength. As a pair, they've allowed 24 goals against and 12 goals for. They are, when you look at plus minuses, they are among the worst on the team, and I think it's solely because of their plus because of their pairing. And and there's something you got to keep in mind too. When you talk about um, pairing, you got to look at workload as well as this pairing. Until recently, Philip Ronick has gotten a lot, most of the ice time recently, but that pairing as a pair gets the most ice time out of anyone. And they play against the toughest competition. So whereas like, so Jake Wallman and Jordan Osterle currently, have the best expected goals for percentage and Corsi for percentage as a defensive pair on the Detroit Red Wings. at like 58% when they're out there, the team tends to get more scoring chances than give up. But a lot of that has to do with a lot more sheltered minutes and a lot more, um, a lot weaker competition. And Jake Wallman has come off of injury playing great Moritz Sider and Ben Trout are playing against the toughest competition. So while their pair has been the least effective, they're also playing against the toughest competition. So I don't but think I, I've said like the
1: most talented players on the team too. Like more Cider is for sure, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. But like I, I'm saying, a pairing with Moritz Cider on it should have the ceiling of playing well against the toughest competition. Like that's that's like that way on purpose. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's that's how that's how it should work. So, like you're right. You like objectively, like that's correct, but. That is what we we want. And that is what Moritz Sider should still be on a pairing that is capable of like he makes the ceiling that to where they should be playing still really well against the other team's best competition, I guess is my point. And uh, I think it, it's just it's tough because
0: like what else would you do? Nothing. I that's the, that's the problem. And I, I kind of want to save that part of the conversation for segment two, because what's the solution is, right. is I, I the big question.
1: I'm not splitting up the second pairing.
0: And, and would you split up the third pairing at this point too, with how good they've been? I mean, it's, it's tough. This might be a tough pill to swallow, but, and the thing of it is, is I think cider has been playing fine. I don't think that he's been bad by any metric in no, fact, sure. you know, I think the worst of the two has been Ben Chirat, And that is something that we questioned when they signed him to four by four. I mean, is this a guy capable of playing to that contract? So, and his, his, his relative expected goal, like, so relative to his teammates, he's a negative 7.36 on his own. So you look at the ratio, like he negatively impacts scoring chances for to scoring chances against like on versus off the ice. So the team is better with him on the bench. And again, you look at the minutes, you look at the, it's just, what can you do, really? What can you do to make this pairing really light it up? Because it's past the quarterway point. point. At this point, you think the chemistry should be there. You would think that maybe they would have developed, like, it's past the point where you can shrug it off and go, okay, well, this is just, you know, early, new, new defensive partner. You're just trying to figure things out. And like in, for Moritz Seider, like you said, it could very well be a little bit of a, a sophomore-ish slump as he's trying to adjust his game back to the fact that the NHL has adjusted to his game. So it's there's a lot of factors at play here, and I don't expect, especially Moritz Cider, to— and I'm not going to say play poor, but to play this meh for the entire season. I do think he'll pick it up at some point, and he's begun sure. to pick it up recently— but it is it it is definitely a really conversation.
1: good against Columbus for whatever
0: that's worth. I mean, does it come to a point that I say, like you don't break up your pairs, but maybe you invert who's pair one, pair two, and see how that gets you? I, I mean, there's the solutions are tough. There's no clear cut solution because everything else on the defensive side of the puck is working. All your other defensive pairs are working right now. It's just that top pair that's not quite clicking all the way. If they could figure out how to click defense would actually be pretty dang good, but that top pairing just seems to be missing that extra something. I agree. So uh, when we come back, we'll talk about possible solutions if there are any, and then we'll do a game preview against the Tampa for the game against the Tampa Bay lightning. But first I got to talk to you guys today about simply safe at lockdown red wings. We believe homes should be where you and your family feel safest, especially over the holidays this season. Give yourself and your family, the gift of peace and protection with the number one rated home security system, simply safe. And right now simply safe is offering offering locked on red wings listeners, 40% off. Their new security system, but don't pull this off. Here's why you're going to love it. Simply Safe was named the best home security system of 2022 by U.S. News and World Report, a third year in a row. In an emergency, 24 seven professional professional monitoring agencies use Fast Protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify the threat is real, so you can get higher priority police response. 24 seven professional monitoring service costs under one dollars a day. Less than half the price of traditional home security systems. Don't miss this chance to save big on your favorite security system. Get forty percent off any new system at simplysafe.com slash lockdown nhl today. That's simply safe.com slash lockdown nhl. There's no safe like simply safe. Segment two lockdown red wings podcast. Scotty, Ben Shira, Moritz Sider, not Horrible, but definitely not the pairing we were expecting or hoping them to be. Mort Sider's taken a little bit of a step back this season. Not again, not horrible, but slid back a little bit from his dominance last season. Ben Chirot's come in and he hasn't necessarily complimented Mort Sider the way we hoped he had or hoped he would. But how do you fix that problem when your other two defensive pairings at the moment are playing so well? It's that's the a difficult question <laughs> i i will say that i do
1: think that this team is in a position now where we talk about the consistency and maybe the lack thereof at times a top pairing that is solid and playing well night in and night out and is clicking like we want them to would help the consistency tenfold like that would be a a that would I think, be a huge reason and a huge factor in taking that this team to the next level when it comes to production and when it just comes to that consistency. That's the pairing that, like you said, is going up against the best offensive talent on the other side and is getting the most minutes, presumably. So uh, that would be a a huge factor if they were able to to kind of click and get that chemistry down. When it comes to, like, personnel moves on how to fix it, I I, I don't think there's any option. <laughs> like, it'd be one thing if this was the worst pairing in hockey, right? It'd be one thing if this was like, this absolutely stinks. They are terrible together. Like, then, obviously, you split it up. But the second pairing has legitimately been, like, a top 20 defensive pairing in the sport, which we've talked about before. And the third pair has been really, really effective, as you mentioned earlier as well. And the first pair just hasn't been that good. It's not that they've been terrible. And like, I I don't think there's anything to do. Like, I think you just have to keep personnel wise. I don't think there's anything you do. We can talk about what they might have to do on the ice differently to kind of maybe mesh better. But I, I don't. I don't think there is a personnel move that you can just make and be like, oh yeah, this'll this'll maybe fix things or this will maybe at least kinda throw a wrench in it, I guess in a good way and kind of like spice things up and can try something new. Like I, I don't really think there's any personnel moves to make. Like this is these are the defensive pairings. And like yeah. I, I don't I don't know what else you could really do.
0: I, I agree. I mean, you look at the lineup as it is, and I said it in segment one, but outside of Sharat and Sider, the rest of the defensive pairs at the moment are doing their jobs. I mean, Hronik and Mata has been easily the best defensive pair on the team and in, in production and defensively Hronik's picked this game up. We know what we're getting out of Mata. He's great defensively. So that pair has been dynamite. And then in nine games played as a defensive pair, Jordan Osterley and Jake Wallman this season have been the best in their sheltered minutes at preventing scoring chances against and Wallman's got enough of a cannon that he's producing enough offense at his own clip. And so, you know, you look at that, you don't want to break either of those pairs that are being effective up. It just stinks that you're the pair that is you're supposed to be getting the most minutes is the pair that has been least effective so far. Moritz Sider and Ben Chirot actually to the point where even though they are the set pair number one, they actually have 30 less minutes of time on the ice together than Olimata and Philip Peronik. Makes sense. And, you know, you play your best defensive pair. You play the pair that's been playing better. So, you know, that was going to be my suggestion is maybe you make Sider and Chirot defensive pair number two until they figure it out and make Peronik and Mata defensive pair number one because they're playing so well. And you mentioned it in the Columbus game and the Vegas game that Horokin's been getting more ice time than Sh- Cider more recently because he's been on this hot streak. I didn't realize the entire obviously it makes sense in hindsight that of course the entire pair would then be getting more ice time. But yeah, 30 minutes of more ice time. So while Sherat and Cider are still officially your number 1, that's that's a whole half games worth of time on the ice that the other pair has gotten because of how well they're playing and maybe that's your solution is that that's you just keep no. trotting out the defensive pair that's playing better in your clutch moments
1: that's so frustrating though like cider is. is is maybe the most talented player on this entire roster and yet we can't figure out a game plan a scheme maybe you do switch person out like you you we can't do anything like we're just like oh yeah like maybe the most talented dude on the entire roster but you know I guess he's just gonna be in the second pair because we can't figure out how to make it work. Like, sorry. Like that's I mean, super frustrating. And I'm not saying you're wrong, but like that's that's really like disheartening if that's just what the game plan is gonna be.
0: It it is. And we talking in for a segment about how you know it Moritz Sider's play might have something to do with the fact that he and Ben Sherratt don't have chemistry together. But you look at who Moritz Sider played with last year. I mean, it was the corpse of Danny de Kaiser and Jordan Osterlay, who's just barely a third pair defenseman on this team this year. And we knew that last year, that on most teams he would probably be your seventh D-man, although he's playing really well as your sixth D-man right now because Lindstrom's out. But, you know, it's just, it is very frustrating because Moritz Sider is the type of guy that you expect to, no matter who he's playing with, can take over a game. And he hasn't done that this year. And I understand sophomore slumps happen. But also, you don't want to take Ben Sherrod off that top pair because you're paying him $4 million a year. My other suggestion would have been, Put Jake Wallman with Moritz Cider because Jake Wallman's been playing phenomenal. So give him a shot up in the lineup. Again, you don't want to break up Kronik and you don't want to break up Bada. So get put Walman with Cider, see what they can do. Walman is tried and true offensive defenseman. So I don't know how that would clash with Moritz Cider, who can play both sides of the ice. But just to shake up your defensive pairing, see how that works. But then you're putting Sherrod on the third defensive pairing when you're paying him $4 million a year. You're hoping you wouldn't have to do that until year four of his contract, not year one. Right. So I, I mean, it, I, it just begs that question. Like, you know, a quarter way through the a, season. Is there a, a strategy thing they could change?
1: Like, is there a X's and O's thing? Like the second pairing works so well because it's offensive defenseman and defensive defenseman, maybe – you tell sharat that he's going to be the physical defensive defenseman and tell sider to play a more offensive defenseman approach just to like i i don't want that like i <laughs> i don't want to after game 82 look around and go okay well for moritz sider's entire second year he got the third most minutes on the team, like he should be leading us in minutes night in and night out, and it's just,
0: it's a it's a frustrating situation. I'm just curious here. I, I had it, had it organized by, um, Detroit Red Wings only, but I filtered it to the entire league, and so at regular at regular strength, even strength, the Detroit Red, hold up, holy cow, Olimata and Philip Peronick are the 12th best defensive pairing in the league with at least 300 minutes played together at Corsi four percentage at 49.9. We
1: talked about, I think we talked about goals four percentage, but we talked about it a few weeks ago when they were like 14th or
0: 15th. So that's insane. I'm trying to find, I, if you have a feeling I'm gonna have to scroll down quite far to find uh, our boy. Actually, it won't even let me scroll because the website's great sometimes. Um, Actually, I can see them right here. I think that's them. So they're 20th, actually, in the league at 300 minutes played, which is actually, I think, this is out of 20 defensive pairings that have played at least 300 minutes together. They are 20th in Corsi 4 percentage, while the Olimata-Hronik pair are 12th. So not as good as I thought when I filtered it that way. But still... The fact that they're 20th out of 20 does speak a lot. Let me lower that filter to 200 minutes played together and see how that affects things. Here we go. Now we're scrolling. <laughs> now we're scrolling. So when you lower that filter to 200 minutes played, Ben Chirot and Moritz Sider are 37th out of 40 in Corsi 4 percentage. Yeah. That's while Olimata cool. and Pronik are 22nd out of 40. So there's still both of them, but, and comparative to the Red Wings, they bet Ronick and Olimata obviously are the best, but that that's, that's crazy that they are near the bottom. Every time I lower the filter, <laughs> I, I don't even want to lower to 100. I'm really scared to see the problem is, is once you, once you begin to lower it and you get smaller sample sizes, pairs that have, that are on a hot streak will begin to, Really do yeah, that's why, yeah. That's yeah, exactly. Uh that's when you get Robert Hag and Gustav Lindstrom at 103 out of 108. Heck yeah, that's a great pair right there. (laughs) Heck yeah. (laughs) Oh man, I'm really afraid of where this could be. It might take me a while. Scroll this. Well, Olimata and Philip Peronik are 52 out of 108, so now we're in the top half, so I know they're below that. But I'm just I'm just fooling around now. So let's get to our second ad break, and we'll come back and we'll preview the game against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Get basically, guys, to wrap up the conversation is we don't know how to fix this because your other two pairs are playing fantastic. You just keep banging your head against the wall and hope that it works out right now. You got to stay patient and hope that it can it can work out. 88, I just saw it. They're 88 out of 108. I just saw it. Nice. Of 100 minutes, at least 100 minutes played. So um, stay tuned to Lockdown Red Wings. Segment three, Lockdown Red Wings. Um, The Red Wings play the Tampa Bay Lightning tonight, seven o'clock in Tampa, which wild to me that we made it to December without playing Tampa Bay. That's crazy to me. Because you're going to have to play them. I mean, granted, there's still, you play until April. So there's still four more months to get your four games in but you play him twice in December. This will be the first matchup. Uh, We all know that last year didn't go so well against the Tampa Bay lightning, but maybe this year can be different. We'll see. They are 15, eight and one overall. They're third in the Atlantic division, just two points above the Detroit red wings. So this game, it has some impact. You get a win against the team that is above you in the standings and you can get to surpass them. So, they, though, are still always the threat that they have always been. Three straight Stanley Cup final appearances. They won back to backs. Nikita Kucherov, 36 points in 24 games played. Steven Stamkos, 29 and 24. Braden Point, 24 24. Mikhail Sergachev, 23 24. They are stacked down the lineup. And of course, they have um, the Vesna threat that is Vasilevsky off to a bit of a slower start so far this season. Only a save percentage of 9.09, but goals against the average despite that still under three, because his team plays such good defense in front of him. Even if he plays poorly, he's still letting in less than three a game because they're only getting what, like 25 shots on that a night. This team is going to be, I can't say the word. It's going to be a problem to play against.
1: Yeah. To say the least, this is obviously one of the most talented rosters in the NHL year in and year out. I think the biggest thing for me in this game is special teams. This is, one of the best power play units in the entire NHL. And we talk about all, I think their fourth top five unit in the league, though. And that's, again, we've been kind of talking about that all season and just reiterating the fact that special teams is so vital for the Red Wings at their current construction and just how they play in their play style this season you know winning the special teams battle is going to be vital and that's a tough team to win the special teams battle against
0: no absolutely and you know you look at their penalty kill then you go okay well maybe if they take penalties you can take advantage the penalty kill is not horrible either um It's currently ranked uh, helps. If I filter it by penalty kill, I know they're currently ranked between. Yeah. They're 19th in the league at 77.9. The Red Wings for their own merit are 15th in the league at penalty kill. And I think 18th in the league on power play, which is in the wheelhouse of what you and I were hoping for this season. Stay between, between 10 and 20 for that tangible step forward. So I think obviously we want the Red Wings to win this game, but we understand the task at hand. This is the Tampa Bay lightning. They are not a slouch of a hockey team, one of the best in the league. And they're going to be in the mix for division. Well, maybe not division championship with how much the Bruins are running away with the division, but second or third right now, at the very least for the division, they're going to be in that race, your goal in this game, if not win, which is always the number one goal, but do what you have been doing, play them close at five on five, try and cut out on mistakes that cost you because Derek loan has said it. And it was, very obvious in the game against Vegas. You're not good enough to make mistakes. You have to play at five on five, try to play mistake free hockey. That is how you're going to win. Obviously Billy Huso being great will be a awesome bonus, but those (laughs) two things are going to be what I'm looking for in a game against the Tampa Bay lightning, because these games against these monster juggernaut teams are the ones that tell me the most how far this team has come in terms of the rebuild. I was impressed in the loss against Toronto. I was impressed in the loss against Vegas because they showed that while they lost four to two and four to one, respectively, all the numbers point that they hung with those teams. It was just mistakes that cost you. If you can cut down on those mistakes and you can just play this team close. And I, I'm sorry if this sounds like I'm, I'm a defeatist, but I know what this Red Wings team is. I know where they're at and I know what my expectations are and just Playing this team close and tight is a tangible step forward for this team. Winning will be great. And you can always, it's it's an NHL, you can always sneak a win out. But just that would make me happy.
1: For sure. And that's something we've talked about all season. And I think if they do play them close, then again, you're, you're talking about steps forward in the consistency department. And that's something that over the last few weeks we've been beating teams that were better than and losing to teams that are better than us on paper and so um that's that's a that is a whether we like it or not that is a step forward from last season with the wild inconsistency that was last year's Detroit Red Wings and honestly I think that if they w- I, I don't want to ever say, like, oh, we should be, you know, happy with a loss. No, like, I hate losing more than anything. Like, no, we should never be, like, happy and pleased with a loss. But um, it, I think it would speak volumes to the growth that's already happening just in the first quarter of the season if they were able to play, like, a meaningful third period in a close game. And and that's something that is significantly more tangible and and – I don't want to say realistic, because they can realistically win if they put it all together, but um, that that it's something that's a, a lot less steep of a goal for sure. But the goal, like you said, is is obviously always to win. And I think with whoso in net who's so in that, <sighs> in that and, and you have a really good night on the penalty kill, and I think you're gonna give yourself a fighter's chance.
0: Yeah. I you you just it's like I said, man, you gotta play near perfect hockey you need Hussauden to be on his game, which he normally is, I'm not saying this is an impossible task. Like This Tampa Bay Lightning team, I mean, I listed it for you. Offensively, they're still very good, and they don't allow a lot of shots against per game. But this Tampa Bay Lightning team is not the same juggernaut they were. They haven't faced Dominic Kubelik, though. They haven't faced Dominic Kubelik yet. (laughs) They haven't
1: faced faced the... The shotgun, just a, a million pellets, just
0: going everywhere. It's <laughs> literally everywhere. You never know where it's going to land. Um, but I, again, I don't want to sound defeatist when I say these things. You know, I don't want to make it sound like I'm expecting them to lose. But I just understand what the Tampa Bay Lightning are, and I understand what the Detroit Red Wings are. If the Detroit Red Wings win tomorrow or tonight. Fan, freaking, tastic! I'll be ecstatic, and you'll you're gonna have me on the pod saying I called it, which we'll both know is untrue.
1: Which you didn't. Which I didn't.
0: <laughs> but you know, I'm gonna skew the narrative and change the goalposts. I respect but it. If they lose and they play close, I'll go. That was a good game, and I know there's no moral victories. People love to spew that that out there, and I've said it in the past. But Jesus, this is the Tampa Bay Lightning. Three it straight is. Stanley Cup finals, and you have not sniffed the playoffs in years. So play them close. Sneak a win if you can, but if not, just play them close. I'm with it. So, I don't know. Any final thoughts, man? What What's their over-under at? What's the uh, over-under puck line?
1: Probably six. Probably I'm six or six and a half.
0: half. Uh, six. I'll take the over. I'll take the over as well. Especially with Ville who are... Andre Vasilevsky not being as dominant as he was in recent years. I'll take that over. I'll take, I'll take the O. So, all right, man. Any final thoughts?
1: Um, I don't think so. We ball, baby.
0: We ball. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with a game recap. Same time, same place, your team, every day. Every day.